Hello and welcome to eTalk 21 Sports Podcast, sponsored by PointsBet. Looking for a dependable sports book? Download PointsBet app and use promo code ETOFT21 on your first deposit and get a 100% deposit matched up to $2,000. Welcome to the podcast for January 6th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric and Happy New Year. I'm the man behind eTalk 21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at etof 21 on Instagram at etof 21 sports underscore, and on TikTok at etof 21 sports First of all, before we jump into the podcast, I just want to thank God that DeMar Hamlin is responding. He's FaceTiming his team. It looks like he's headed in the right direction was great because I'm not going to lie. That was some scary as shit. I have never seen anything like that, and I knew it was bad. When we saw his play, his teammates surround him, and then they would turn around. They didn't want to see players were visibly crying, visibly upset. I like I, I I right then I knew right then I knew something was going on. I knew it was bad, and we got to give props to the whole medical staff on both the Bengals and the Bills for what they did. CPR on the field, using the defibrillator, the whole nine yards, everything. Um, props to them, you know, complete props to them. If not for them, you know, DeMar wouldn't be with us right now. Um, the five-minute thing was a little bit weird to me. Uh, Joe Buck mentioned that. Obviously, for those who don't work in TV, he's just being relayed stuff in the ear in his earpiece. But there are there was something being said to him. Someone had to have fed him that intel. And the question is, where did they get that intel from? Who gave him that intel? Why did that person think that was the rule? And Burrow, we saw Burrow start warming up. So was it actually true? I don't know. And we saw Diggs do that pep talk, try to get his team going. And then we saw Zach Taylor walk across the field and talk to McDermott. Not once, but twice. And right there, looking back at it, and even when it was going on, it makes you think that the NFL wanted them to play. I know they're coming out and I know they're saying they didn't want them to play and everything. But did they not want him to did they want him to finish the game? Cuz it looked to me that Zach Taylor was the guy that was kind of getting everyone off the field to regroup and to not play the game and I heard one rumor that said he offered to forfeit the game. The leadership that Zach Taylor showed during that was absolutely insane to me. And he's a better leader than I thought he was because when adverse times happen, leadership steps up. And that's what Zach Taylor did. In my eyes, it looked like he got everyone off the field, both players on both sidelines off, talked to McDermott, they left the field, and then they talked afterwards. And it looked like if it wouldn't be for him, they actually would have played the game, which is absolutely crazy to think about. So props to Taylor. Uh, props to the Bengals fans, man. Uh, no booing. Um, very professional. And it shows what great fans they actually are. Um, I'm sure it was a real trying moment, too. I mean, seeing a potential of someone passing away in front of you has to be tough. Um, I'm just, it looked like some people were crying. You couldn't hear a pin drop. I'm just... I'm, I'm thankful... That no one booed once they announced the game was canceled. I am thankful for that. Um, 
T. Higgins, no fault of his. No fault of his. It was a football play. Shame on Bart Scott for saying what he did. And, but it goes back. It's the same thing with Skip Bayless. Unfortunately, in the world we live in right now with the social media thing and trying to get the clips that are on the TV show and post them to YouTube, post them to TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you got to say the most stupid, outlandishly idiotic thing right now to get traction. And that's what Scott did. That's what Skip Bayless did. And they show how freaking idiotic they actually are. Shannon Sharp was so upset that he didn't come in to work. And then he, the next day, he tried to start his monologue, and Skip interrupted him. So there's a lot of issues going on there. Obviously, what Skip tweeted was idiotic. Obviously, what Bart Scott said was idiotic. Um, people complaining about their bets and their fantasy football. Grow, grow the fuck up. Just grow the fuck up. Look, in my big boy league, which I guarantee, which I guarantee everyone effing bitching online, my buy-in was a way more than your buy-in was. I needed 10.6 points from Joe Mixon. You know what? I'm the commissioner of the league, and I, my ruling was, hey, you know what, guys? If this game isn't played by the start of the Raiders-Chiefs games, you know what? Tough luck. I know it only affects me, but it's a fair thing to do. And then I sent an email out to everyone. I was like, look, guys, I'm just saying this. Would you guys, how would you guys feel about sending all our pot money to Hamilton's foundation. Every single one replied within two minutes, yes. So that's what we did. And then you have people complaining about their $20 bets, their $20 buy-in leagues to fantasy football. Grow the fuck up. Just grow the fuck up. And you have Bengals fans complaining about how they're being treated unfair after they showed compassion. Guys, someone's life is way more important than than the sport of football. Just grow the fuck up. Just grow the fuck up. There's more important things in life than there is football. Now, don't get it twisted. Like, do I rely on football to make my living to provide for myself and my family? Yeah. But when you have a a young 20-some-year-old's life, that is way more important than you trying to make money or losing your $20 bet. I'm sorry you lost your $20 bet and your $25 buy-in to your fantasy league. I am I am sorry for that. I feel for you, but human life is a little bit more a little bit more precious. Um also, you know, there was some other big news that no one's talking about. Um and this is a, you know, obviously a tough transition. Dana White slapped his wife, hit his wife at a New Year's Day party and no one is talking about this. Absolutely nobody is talking about Dana White hitting his wife. If this was an NFL coach, NFL owner, NFL GM, NFL anything, how much coverage would that get from ESPN? That would get an utter ton. ESPN is heavily invested in UFC, and this is not being covered at all. Not being covered at all. I saw one little blurb online on ESPN about it. One little blurb. Just think of this as Robert Kraft, how much main attention this would be. Um, an NFL GM that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, Holmes from Detroit. If this was Holmes, how much club it would get. If this was anyone in the NFL, NBA, MLB, this would be getting so much publicity, but it's Dana White and not anyone saying a peep 
And I wonder how ESPN is going to handle it. I wonder how the UFC is going to handle it. Because, A, you can't be hitting women. It's awful. It is completely awful. And if you hit hit a woman, you're a POS. And White, I think, should be removed from his spot at the UFC because of it. Don't get me twisted. I think he should. And if you disagree, fine. That's your opinion. I don't care. We're all out of our opinions. And I give you props. But if you hit another woman because you're upset, to me, it shows you can't control your emotions. And you should not be in a position of power in a multi-million dollar sports company or whatever, or a sports brand like the UFC is. And that's what, A, it showed to me about Dana White, and B, he should be locked up because he hit his wife. Plain and simple in my eyes. Um, But we're not here to talk about Dana White and what a POS he is. We're here to make some money, talk some DFS, talk some sports betting. Now, uh, obviously, we're going to... Have Nick, aka at NA Fantasy, come on and talk some fantasy football. We're gonna look back at the season. We're gonna build a fantasy football DFS lineup for you. Um, we recorded this earlier in the day on Friday, and when we recorded it, the word on the street was Justin Jefferson was gonna play a full game. They're gonna try to get him the receiving record. The Vikings line is starting to dip. With the Vikings line starting to dip, I'm looking at the live eyes right now, it makes me think they could be resting starters. So obviously, if you have any questions about your DFS lineup or how you should pivot, please shoot Nick or I a message. But we are recording this with the idea that Justin Jefferson and the Vikings are going to play a full game just because these guys need to win, need to keep winning to try to move up to the two seed and let's face it, they just lost by 60. They just got completely boat raced by the Packers. You would think that you would want to get going in the right direction. But that's just me. I would want my guys to play. I would want to get some, some stuff sorted out. But we have a great show for you tonight. Like I said, Nick, a.k.a. at NA Fantasy, we're going to build you a DFS lineup. And David, a.k.a. Better DP 21 him and I are going to tell you our four best bets for the weekend. So let's jump right into it. Well, we have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking about DFS and fantasy football, and who better to come on than my boy Nick, a.k.a. at N.A. Fantasy. Nick, how are you doing today, my man? Great. What's up, Eric? How's it going? You know what? It's going good. You know, Happy good. New Year. Did you have a good holiday, Happy my Happy New friend? Year. It was good. It was good. Um, how about you? Uh, yeah, good New Year. You know, my boys, I'm rocking my Lions hat. You know, we have a uh, big game. Hopefully, uh, you know, the Rams can get it done for us. And, you know, the big big rumor on the street is Stafford wants to suit up and get Detroit, help Detroit try to get in the ball. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's going to be an interesting game. I'm uh, obviously rooting for my Packers. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I hope it's a great game. I hope it's like a last-second field goal type of game. Uh, but I'm rocking the Bills hat today because of Hamlin. And yeah. I'm in honor of Hamlin. So props to him for recovering. He's getting better and better day by day. Yeah, which is great to hear. Uh, great yeah. to hear. Yeah. Um, so obviously with most fantasy football playoffs being over, instead of doing the start sick questions, um, Nick and I are just going to kind of take a look back um, and kind of relive the season. A couple of <laughs> questions. Um, you know, looking back at your seasonal rankings, what was your biggest hit? 
Actually, it was Trevor Lawrence for me. <laughs> I uh, I actually drafted him as a backup quarterback, but uh, you know, rankings wise, he uh, he did really well. Um, you know, in my league, he actually ended up as the number eight quarterback in the league, and actually outscored my starting quarterback, Justin Herbert. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I think my biggest hit would be. Evan Ingram. I mean, I said he was going to finish be this year's Dalton Schultz. I was pretty adamant that he was going to be this year's um, Dalton Schultz, and I believe he's tight end four or five on the season. So I'd probably say that would be my biggest hit, being high in every Evan Ingram. Yeah, slow slow start to the season, but man, he caught on fire towards the end. (laughs) Oh, dude, he's been in crazy numbers. Yeah, he's got one. More importantly, he has gone all over his season-long props i'm actually pulling it up right now evan ingram he is tight end six in standard in full point ppr he he's tight end five yeah wow you know finished his tight end five dude you know and he averaged i said every tight end in so at the beginning of the year i told everyone everyone's tight end i at the beginning of the year i said Every tight end in a Doug Peterson office in a PPR format has averaged over 10 points per game. Evan Ingram is averaging in PPR. 10.6 is tight end number five. Nice. Um, Good call. Good call. What is your biggest miss? (laughs) Well, undoubtedly it's Jonathan Taylor. Uh, You know, I, I, I had him, I had the number one pick drafted him number one and it was just a horrible, horrible season. Um, you know, I thought he, I didn't think he was going to get the numbers he got last year, but I still thought he was going to be a a worthy, uh, top five running back. And, uh, that just didn't happen. I would have to say, I would have to say my biggest miss would be Josh Jacobs. I mean, I have him, but I didn't know he was going to be our running back three. You know, yeah. I got late, in the late round, you know, he should be going out. I mean, running back three, I'd probably say Joshua Jacobs was my biggest miss um, in everything. Um, you know, now looking back at it, if you could, if you could have drafted someone in your seasonal leagues that you didn't, who would it be and why? Oh man, I wish I would have drafted Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Looking back at it, I I almost pulled the trigger on drafting him over Jonathan Taylor, and I didn't do it, and I regret that like crazy. I mean, he's just a stud, a target monster, and he's just had a phenomenal season. And uh, hindsight being twenty twenty, I wish I would have gotten him, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine mine's Eckler. I mean, yeah. Looking back at it, I wish I would have drafted Eckler. Um, you know, I had a couple opportunities too. I passed up on it just because. I mean, he just it's it's just unheard of what he's doing. So yeah, I had him last year, and I um, he was probably my number two regret of not drafting. But I still think this year Justin Jefferson was my biggest regret. Now, in terms, is there one player you wish you didn't draft? Jonathan Taylor <laughs> again I mean that just uh it, just, it, it killed a lot of my season um because I took some risks late uh with some guys who were 
who didn't start the season. They were on IR, like uh, J.K. Dobbins, for example, uh, who came back, got injured again, and then and then towards the end of the season, he started doing really well once he got back healthy. Uh, but it was a little too late. Had to wait too long to get him in the lineup. So Taylor really hurt me this year. Now, I mean, for me, Kyle Pitts. I had Kyle Pitts in everything. <laughs> Kyle Pitts. You just you just loved Kyle Pitts, man. <laughs> so much. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. One of the big things last week was FanDuel didn't adjust their main slate, leaving the Steelers and Ravens, which was flexed to the Sunday night game, still on the early slate of games. So all of us had to kind of wait to see if we got in the money. Um, I just... I, it doesn't make sense to me how you can't do this. And do, isn't FanDuel missing out on everyone that won money? Like, oh, I want some money. Oh, let me play the Sunday night contest now. You know, because there was no showdown slate. And if we're looking and we're doing FanDuel prices for the Sunday DFS slate, we're going to get to in a little bit. It's the same thing. It is the yeah. same exact thing. There's no Sunday night slate. I know. All I can say is at least they're consistent. <laughs> but, but it, at the same token, I mean, last week I saw that they flexed it on Christmas. They they announced that they were flexing it on Christmas Day, and so that's a week out. So they why couldn't why out. couldn't they switch it? Why couldn't they why couldn't they take them out and move them? It makes zero sense why they couldn't yeah. move it. They lost. They they did lose out on money because you know people they lost on a ton of money. Yeah, they could have. They just totally missed the Sunday night slate. And again, they're doing it again this week. But I don't. And it makes zero sense. It makes yeah. zero zero sense. Um, you know, good week overall. If you listen to the build that we did, we gave out um a solid lineup. Obviously led by Mike Evans, put up forty five. Uh, I finished fourth in my fifty fifty contest. We got the one twelve. Obviously, we kind of. Got a little screwed with Fields leaving the game early, but you know what? We made some money. Yeah, we won you guys some money. At the end of the day, that's what Nick and myself are trying to do, get you guys in the green so you can start building your bankroll in this DFS lineup. Now, this is an interesting slate of games. I'm pulling it up my fan duel right now so I can plug this lineup in while we're talking it out. Let's go to the defensive position i think it's really important that this week we start out in the defensive position and kind of use that as the building plate um a lot of interesting games we don't really know there's a lot up in the air let's say with results you know we're, we're recording this before the final practice report comes out who's playing who's not playing um defensively is there a defense you're kind of looking to if so who I'm liking the Vikings this week, 3,700. Uh, Justin Fields isn't playing for the Bears. Uh, Nate Peterman's starting for the Bears. Enough said there. Yeah. Uh, you know, after their dismal game against the uh, Packers last week, I think they'll look to bounce back. And uh, I think it's a good value for the Vikings there at 3,700. And let's let's face it, um, with the way FanDuel and all these shops do stuff, it's – inexcusable to me them setting these prices so far in advance that this is priced like fields is playing this isn't priced like (laughs) peterman is playing if 
this would have been one of the higher, one of the more expensive defenses on the slate if it was priced before the announcement. So yeah, definitely sure. I think we had to go with Minnesota because we're going with Minnesota. <clears throat> you know, I think it's going to be one of the more well-owned defenses too. So we're going to kind of like neglect the chalk and be with everybody else. Um, tight end. Interesting slate for the tight end. We have no Kelsey. Andrews has looked putrid since coming back from injury and Huntley back there. Um, you know, we got Taysom Hill lurking, but we really don't know what we're going to get for him playing on the indoors now. Saints don't have anything to play for. What? Where's your head at right now for the tight end position? So I'm looking at incentives that some of these guys are are trying to get in their contracts. And a guy I'm liking is Gerald Everett. Uh, he needs five catches to get a 250K bonus uh, for 60 catches on the season. And Denver's looked really bad against the tight end lately. They're 26 against the tight end. And Higby went off against them a couple of weeks ago for nine catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, so... I like Gerald Everett at 5,500, um, you know, to get that. Uh, I think they're going to target him to get him that 250K bonus. I like that. I like having um, Everett there. And um, let's now go up to the quarterback position. Interesting at quarterback because we have Hurts. You know, he's coming back from injury. We've got Allen, but, you know, the mental state of what happened, Burrow, the same thing. Fields. Jackson not playing. Kirk Cousins against the Chicago defense is tempting. Dak, but, you know, if they do get up ahead, you know, are they going to pull everybody? Herbert, maybe in a meaningless game against Denver. Tua, Daniel Tua, Daniel Jones not playing. You know, I mean, are we going to go all the way down to like a Goff, a Goff or Aaron Rodgers? Or is there some guy up here who's a little bit higher up that it, kind of you're interested in? Yeah, I'm not going low budget this week. I'm just going with Jalen Hurts. You know, I know he's 9,000 top-end quarterback, but, you know, the Eagles need to win this game, and Hurts coming back, I think he's going to do whatever he can to win that game, put up the points, and uh, lock in that number one seed. Yeah, I mean, I think there's – and plus, like, you can't have it where this would be his third game in a row, Lenny misses another game. You can't go into the playoffs missing four games in a row. You just can't no way, it. no way. He's got to be ready. He's yeah. got to be ready. He's got to play. So I like Jalen Hurts here. He's been. We're we're seeing videos of him participating in the um, in drills at practice and everything. So I absolutely love Jalen Hurts. Um, now, I think we need to have a bit, a discussion is if we're going to play Justin Jefferson or not before we can kind of proceed with this lineup. Justin Jefferson, you know, he's close to setting the record. After the dismal performance last week, it's possibly could be under-owned against the Bears team, which is obviously tanking because they're starting uh, Big Nate. Where do you think we should go in the wide receiver position? I think we have to go with Justin Jefferson here. Um, You know, pay up for him he needs 194 yards to set the record but i 
I really think him and Cousins, they're going to try to get it for him. He wants it real bad. And after last week, he's going to be super motivated against a Bears defense who's 31st DVOA against the pass and 32nd DVOA defending wide receiver one on opposing teams. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we got to – the last time they played, he had, uh, I believe, 13 targets, 12 catches, 154 yards. So uh, I don't see that changing. Yeah, that's, that's impressive numbers. Um, so right now we got about 32 hundo, 32 grand left. Um, is there any other wide receiver that's a little bit on the lower budget end that you're going to be looking at? So I'm going to go back to the incentive route. Um, I actually like Isaiah McKenzie from the Bills here. Uh, he's 5,300. He's currently sitting at 40 catches on 404 yards. Uh, he needs 450 yards to get a 100K bonus in his contract. He can get another 100K if he gets up to 550 yards. Not saying he's going to get that many this game, but uh, he can also get another 100K if he gets 50 catches on the season. So I like the, you know, there's, a, there's an incentive here for him to go off in a game. And he's low budget, fifty three hundred, and I, I think I think it's a good spot to to throw him in with these uh, possible uh, little bits of incentive money in his contract here. Okay, okay, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Um, let's shift our attention now to the running back position, and we'll come back to our last wide receiver because I really f- feel we need to. We don't want to really focus on one. We want to kind of go back and forth. Um, is there a running back you're kind of looking at? Uh, Tyler Algier, if I can say it right, finally. Algier. My boy. My Your boy. boy. <laughs> My boy. Uh, you know, he's been, he's been great over the past few weeks. He's obviously the clear cut back with Ritter taking over as quarterback. Um, he only needs 100 yards to reach 1,000 this year. Uh, so I think the Falcons are going to try to give him the ball and get him that 1,000 yards. Um, you know, he's he's gone 17 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown in two of his last three. He went 18 carries for 74 in the middle outing of those three games. And, you know, that's, th- that's three straight games with at least 17 carries and 74 yards on the ground. Yeah. Um, he's got seven catches in six games. I mean, he's not huge out of the pass. But, um, you know, I think he'll still get a few opportunities to catch the ball out of the backfield. So, uh, you know, I like Algier here at 6,500. I like Algier. Algier has been my boy for a while, finally getting the love. Um, Oh, yeah. Is there anyone else? You know, let's tie it up here. Uh, Running back. Who do you want to put in the final running back position? I think think Najee Harris is is a good choice here at 7,200. You know, he scored a touchdown in five of his last six games. Um, and the Browns have given up the third most points to opposing running backs. And uh, we've kind of been going at the Browns the last few weeks uh, in in our lineups as well. And it's uh, it's paid off for us. So, you know, he's you know, I'm looking at it right now. He's RB 14 on the season, which shocks me because it's been I'm a, I'm a Harris owner and he's been a, a total disappointment to me. Yes, he has. Uh, not, I'm not going to lie about that. He has not performed to where he was drafted. Um, but, 
against the Browns D, I think he, uh, I think he steps it up and gets it done here. Cause you know, they still have a chance to make the playoffs somehow, some way the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, I don't know how he does it, but I mean, but that's the thing, dude, like Tomlin just like takes these guys that are just like nobodies and just gets them to a position where they're just insanely overachieving. Um, now we got a run. We got a um, a flex and a wide receiver left. Let's let's look at the flex. Excuse me, the wide receiver. I mean, um, who are you looking at in the in their last wide receiver position? I like Rashid Shahid. That's a tough one to say, but <laughs> Rashid Shahid, fifty eight hundred. He led the Saints in routes and snaps. Plus, you know. The uh, Panthers DB, they're out where they're, they're without horn this week. So the Panthers are without horn. And I think, I think we got to go with him again. I mean, they're starting to look his way and uh, you know, with horn being out, I think they got, they got a good shot. He's got a good shot to have a good game and, and he's low budget. And we targeted him last week and Evans put up 40. Exactly. Yeah. Evans put up <laughs> so, 40. I mean, you got to go at him. Yeah. And we don't even know how much of a fight we're going to get either. You know, th- this team could completely have mailed it in. We don't know how much of a fight we are going to sure. get from the um from the uh the Panthers. Panthers, right. Um exactly. Now we're sitting, dude. Like we have 8 grand left, man. <laughs> a lot to play with, yeah. We have a lot to play with. Um you know, we got Hopkins, you know, out. We got Cook. You know, we already got Jefferson. Don't want to play him. You know, Pollard coming back from injury. We really don't know how much he's going to play. St. Brown against the um, Packers. Uh, Chubb, um, you know, he's 79. But the Steelers have been better against the run since Watts come back. Uh, T. Higgins, we don't really – and I hate to say it, we don't really know what his mental state is right now after what happened. Uh, Walker, Evans, Devontae Smith. Is there someone in in that area or someone lower that you're kind of looking to to round out this roster? You know, I know we're leaving a little bit of money on the table, but I I really like this guy this week. I like Cam Akers. Um, you know, Seattle's 24th DVOA against the run. Uh, you know, and Cam's been actually one of the hottest players in the league in the past few weeks. Um, you know, he went 19 for 123 on the ground and one catch for 10 in the air. Um, you know, two straight, two straight games with 19 carries, at least 19 carries and at least 115 yards. Um, you know, that's four or five at, with at least 60 rushing yards and averaging 17 carries for 82 over that span. So he's got six rushing touchdowns in five games and he went 17 for 60 for two touchdowns in the week 13 matchup as well. So I think, I think leaving 700 on the table, isn't a bad thing. Um, I think he's, I think he's worth it at that 7,300 mark. I like it. I like him a lot. Excuse me. Um, so there you have it folks. That is our DFS lineup. We have Jalen hurts, Tyler, Ajir, Najee Harris, Justin Jefferson, Rashid Shahid, that is tough to say. Yes. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, Gerald Everett, Cam Akers, and the Vikings 
defense. I'm going to say it. You know, I would enter this lineup in the in the Millionaire Maker too. I'm I am pretty confident in this lineup. You know, I'm pretty confident. Um, now, the big thing is if Everett doesn't play because there's no incentive for the Chargers to play, is there any pivot you think we should look to do? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that. And, you know, if Everett doesn't play, uh, there is another tight end, Higby, Tyler Higby, who, um, you know, he has a little bit of incentive as well in his contract. He's 13 yards away from getting a 500K bonus in his contract. So he's only $100 more than Everett. So you could slide him in there and be fine. Um, And if you don't want two Rams in your lineup, because with – Higby in there uh, and Acres. If you want to take Acres out, another great option to replace Acres is Tyler Lockett on the uh, Seahawks side. So if Everett doesn't play, my replacement is Higby and replace Acres with Tyler Lockett. I like that a lot. If that that's a good pivot, I feel just because Higby. You know, I know. The, how can I word this? Um, Seattle's pass rush isn't that good. So they're not going to have to use Higby to block as much. And they'll be more involved in the passing game. And Ramsey is going to be shadowing um, Metcalf. So that is a little bit of a positive matchup for, um, for a Yeah, And Seattle's terrible against the tight end too. They're, they're second to last or dead last in the league against the tight end. Uh, yeah. So Higby, Higby's got an opportunity. I know he only needs 13 yards for that 500K bonus, but he still has an opportunity to go off. And as we talked about before, this is like the Rams Super Bowl where they want to they want to keep Seattle, a divisional team, out of the playoffs. And, uh, you know, they're going to do everything they can to uh, stop them. So. Exactly. Exactly. Nick, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Talking a little fantasy football, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? You can find me on at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Eric. Always a pleasure. Always fun. You know, and then next week, what next week, what the plan is this. Um, so next week, what we're gonna do is we're also gonna build the DFS lineup. But some of you have asked to help with the NFL fantasy, um, NFL playoff fantasy football contest they did so what they do there is this um so you play a game you play a guy in game one so let's say you play josh allen first game times one you keep him in the slot times two times three times four so you're in so if you keep the guy in there his score is going to be multiplied so there's a little bit of game theory and how you think the playoffs are going to play out so it's, it's a little interesting, you know, and you kind of have to kind of think about it a little bit with how you think the playoffs are going to play out. So Nick and I are going to help you. We tell you, we'll tell you what we're going to be doing in our lineups with that. And, um, you know, we'll be building you a DFS lineup for the playoffs. Crazy to think of the playoffs. Crazy to think, Nick, how the playoffs are already here. I know this, this season has flown by. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like we we're having our fantasy drafts last week. So Thanks for coming on. Um, Look forward to talking to you next week, my friend. Thanks, boss. See you next week.
we have reached the part of the podcast where we're talking NFL betting and who better to come back on than my boy, David, AKA better DP 21 on Twitter and Instagram. David, how you doing today, my man? Great, man. It's always great to be here on a Friday with you. Um, just looking forward to the weekend ahead and locking in and cashing some more tickets together. Now, you know, we could brag and talk how we went, you know, four and oh last week, we are now 29, 15 and two, Nice little 66% ATS, but I think that people want to know, how was this trip to your hot springs? Was it, you know, like, I, you know, you know I it, was, it was a long trek, but it was worth the trek. Let's put it that way. Okay. Right? You okay. know, we enjoyed ourselves. We got to relax. It was uh, a nice private tub up to about 109 degrees. So it was uh, pretty toasty. Okay. All right. Um. Great week last week, you know, yep. swept both. Um, if you guys have been following along, you know, like we said, 29, 15 and two, 66%. Um, if you don't count the two draws, if you do count the two draws, 63%, you know, David and I did have a little bit of argument about that beforehand, but either way you want to look at it, you're making money with us. Um, for those that are listening for the first time, uh, basically how this works is we each give, Four, two plays we like. David does a first half bet and a full game. I do a player prop and a full game. So, David, let's kick it off. Uh, what is your first half bet you are looking at, my friend? All right. So, I'm I'm looking at games that matter again, right? Like, I, I want to look at Saturday's game with the Titans and Jaguars for the first half. Um, you know, these teams are playing for their division championship here. And they're pretty evenly matched across the board. I know the Titans are pretty much down to their third string QB with Dobbs, but they've been getting them ready all week. Um, you know, they're definitely coming into this with the expectation to win. I've actually got first half being a much better edge than the full game. Uh, I have the first half as more of a pick em. Um, And if anything, it's actually showing the Titans with a minus one uh, kind of line from my model. So getting plus three right now in the first half, I really like where this is for them. Uh, like I said, I think across the board, they're, they're really evenly matched across both offense and defense. Uh, the Titans actually have the better passing defense, though. So I think that's where they have an edge uh, over them as well. And, you know, Titans defense should show up in this one, I hope. Um, so that's where I'm putting my money is uh, Titans plus three. I like it. Um I, as a gambler, this is the position we're looking at. Like I, I have the Jags, I believe at 10 to one to win the South. Right. And I got the Titans. Oh, you're a hedge. You know what you I mean? A little hedge. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can play the Titans plus the six, which six and a half, which I did. Yep. You know, and then I can even hedge on the money line if I want to, which I, you know, I probably will. Um, my first one is I did Jarek McKinnon over 33 and a half yards receiving. Raiders give up the most receiving yards to opposing running backs in the NFL. McKinnon has gone over this total three of the last four times they've, they've played. Um, so, and he's definitely, he's, He's not really like the – how can I word this? In crunch time, he's getting the run. Yep. He's not the between-the-tackles guy. That's kind of Pacheco. 
But in a crunch time situation, if this game is close, McKinnon is getting the run. I think this game is going to be closer than people think. Um, so I like McKinnon to go over 33 and a half yards receiving. That's my first player prop. I love it. I mean, you know, from that perspective, um, the Raiders defense or rushing defense is like 30th in the league. I mean, even from a passing perspective, they're in the bottom third of the of the league as well. So I, I think that's a great play. It's kind of interesting how three of the four teams, the bottom three teams against the, the sorry, how can I words? The three worst teams defending the running back in the receiving game who have given up the most yards play on Saturday. Raiders have given up the most. Next is the Chiefs. Following that is the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that is a ton. That's a lot. And all on Saturday, huh? All on Saturday. Um, the Titans are actually pretty good. They're pretty far down on this list. Where are the Titans? I don't know. Titans, Titans are actually pretty good, I guess. You know, I can't, they're not in the top 10. So we're not here to search about the Titans against the rush. Let's shift our attention over to your side. What is what side are you looking at, my man? Yeah, again, looking at teams that matter, um, games that matter for the weekend. You know, that there it's a lot to avoid, actually, in my opinion, this weekend due to injuries and such. And uh I'm gonna go to the game that I I love to think everybody's going to have eyes on um, Sunday night football lions and Packers. Um, these defenses are absolutely trash. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to put that out there right away. They are garbage. Like they are both sitting in the bottom tier for both rushing and passing defense. Um, lions are 29 and 27 respectively rushing and passing. The Packers are 19 and 31 rushing and passing, um, you know, and then on the flip side, they're, they're actually sitting with pretty much two top 10 rushing offenses, five and nine Lions and Packers. And then the passing offense is definitely there as well um, within a top 10 average as well for both of them. So, you know, I'm expecting actually a lot more points in this game. Uh, I'm going to look at the over 49. My model's projecting closer to 56. Um, so that's where I see the best edge in this game. And that's, that's where I want to take the money on that one. I just, I just, want to see a lot of offense that night yeah like every week i do my rankings of offensive line versus defensive line lines of the second best advantage i think the lions are going to be able to run the ball all over the packers that's going to open up the passing game and let's face it lions defense they make a ton of mistakes you know they gave up a ton of yards i could see this coming down to whichever team has the ball last sure. winning and very few defensive stops i think I think whoever wins that game is going to be the team that is able to get the last. If a team can, what is it? Get the last score of the first half and the first score of the second half. Yep. A team can do that. I think that's going to be key. I think, I think this is going to be a track meet because you're right. Packers defense is bad. Really bad. It's bad. Um, And the Lions defense is bad too. And both these teams have the weapons to exploit the other teams. Um, my full game is I'm staying in the I'm staying in the game. I just talked about the Raiders against the Chiefs. 
I'm taking the Raiders. I got it at nine and a half. I know at the time we're recording this is dipped down to nine. I'm seeing one shop right now. I'm looking at bet stamp still has it at nine and a half. So you can get the nine and a half locked that in Mahomes as a favorite. He's 46% ATS over seven that drops all the way down to 40% this season as a seven point favorite or more. Mahomes is only 29% ATS. Um, this season road favorites that are over seven are one and eight. Oh man. One and eight. Um, then, you know, divisional road favorites, 44% divisional road favorites this season are three and 10. You know, there's, there's just a lot of stuff last two seasons, 13 and 25, that's 34%. There's just a lot of stats that favor these teams going on the road being, you know what I mean? Being inflated public perception. And that's kind of what I'm going on. The Raiders, do the Raiders have issues on defense? Yeah, their defense is awful. But so is the Chiefs. You know what I mean? The Chiefs defense is just as bad. You know, you have Devontae Adams, you have Josh Jacobs, you have Hunter Retro, you have Waller coming back, you have um, Max Hollins. And Stitham is very comfortable in the Josh McDaniel offense. It was from get-go. Derek Carr was not. So I like the Raiders to be able to stay within the number. And if I'm the Chiefs, I want to be healthy for the playoffs. Right. So I want to stay everyone healthy. I want to run the ball. I want to get out of dodge. You know, I want I want clean health. So I like the Raiders plus the nine and a half, plus the nine. Anything over a touchdown, I like it. So that's my side. I love it. I love the home dog. Um, to your point of those trend, you know, uh, ATS spreads that you were talking about. I've, I've got my own stats that I follow with some of that stuff. Home dogs are winning against the spread 57% of the time. Um, away favorites are only covering the other 43%. So, I mean, your numbers are right there in terms of what you're looking at too. I think you pretty much might've said just the exact same thing. Um, but you know, I, I see those exact same numbers. I've actually got this line at minus five and a half so getting nine i mean even at nine and a half even at nine you, there's a lot of value in that line right now huge value huge value i i absolutely i love fading just road divisional favorites you know yeah. it, it just makes sense to me um before we sign off i do have we do have to touch on the situation Monday, you and I were t- texting back and forth when everything was going on. You yeah. are a die-hard Bills fan. You have the Bills hat on, Bills Bills fleece on and everything. Um, what was going through your head? Like, how did you – Yeah. Die-hard Bills fan, because you're looking at it differently than me. Like, I hear you. You know, like, the way you're going to perceive it is way different than I'm going to perceive it, just because that is your team. Right. Yeah, it was, it was wild to me. I mean, in that moment, um, you know, when I first saw the play happen, I, I mean, it looked like any standard hit. Um, it looked like a standard football play. Um, you know, and then as the camera started to pan away and you just saw him fall down, like, I just gasped. I mean, like, there was there was no other reaction. Um, you know, and, of course, cameras were kind of off of him, not really showing the intubation. Obviously, they kept breaking away because they – 
they didn't realize the seriousness of what was happening. Um, I, you know, my hats went off to the coaches and players um, on the field for, you know, making the right decisions to go to the locker room, take a breath, you know, make the right decision to not play the game. In my opinion, I just kept telling everybody in that moment, there's no way they can play this game. Like there's, there's too many emotions. I mean, I got emotional seeing the ambulance there because you don't see that on a field pretty often, like ever. I mean, you see carts all the time. Like, and I think that's the part at which everybody just kind of goes about like, all right, this game will continue on. And, you know, it's a football thing and, you know, we hope the player is okay, but you didn't get the, you know, hand in the air with a thumbs up kind of situation, you know, from this. So this was, you know, too much emotion, too much, um, you know, where you're actually looking at life and death situation. And, you know, I got emotional. I, I teared up for a moment because, I mean, you're you're really watching somebody fight for their life and on camera, you know, across that viewing uh, stage, if you will. And, you know, so I just, uh, I think they all made some really class moves, bringing uh, the coaches together, bringing the captains together from each locker room you know, and deciding like, Hey, everybody we're we're postponing or canceling this game. I think, I think the NFL caught them kind of caught their foot in their mouth a little bit, like, you know, because they were reporting obviously to, to Joe Buck and the announcers in the in real time saying, all right, five minutes, everybody. And I think they were reporting real time what they were being fed. And then, you know, there's this back and forth on the, on the back end of, Oh, but now we, now we care really more about, Tamar Hamlin's health and, and I'm not saying they don't I'm just saying in the moment of hearing what that five minutes was was a shock to me um you know when and I heard, started warming up yeah and that's my point Deep you saw players. you saw the Cincinnati team warming up you saw Diggs trying to hype his team to try and get everybody focused again to play again and I was sitting there going what what, what are we what are they doing there's no way this should be happening yeah. um so there's a little bit of that happening or unraveling over this week. I've, I've heard some of it. I haven't tried to pay attention to a lot of it. I've been more focused on, you know, how Hamlin's recovery has been going. Um, crazy part is I actually had him rostered on my fantasy team as well. So he was my defensive back. And so like, you know, I'm watching updates come in on that. I had fantasy uh, players in my league reaching out being like, I can't believe you've got him on your team and, you know, things of this nature. But uh, yeah, I mean, Obviously, like I said, I'm I'm really glad to hear the most positive news today that he's breathing on his own. He's been on, you know, FaceTime web cameras, you know, with his teammates and, you know, and as the doctor tried to tell him when he woke up asking who won the game, you know, it's like, hey, man, you won the game of life. Like, you know, you your life is here and you're back. And, you know, and it gave me chills to kind of, you know, hear and see those things happen as this week unfolded. Yeah, I mean, you and I were texting when it happened. Right. Um, and A, I think that five-minute thing was legit. Um, for those who don't know, um, he's not just making that up. He's got an earpiece on, and somebody is telling him right. that they have five minutes. So somebody fed Buck that information. Yep. Buck's just relaying it. You have Schefter crying. Yep. Butter being adamant that they shouldn't play. Yep. Schefter agreeing. And to me, like just replaying it in my head and watching it live, it felt to me 
that Zach Taylor was the architect getting everyone off the field. Yep. And kind of saying, dude, there's some stuff like that's more, that's more important. If that five minute thing wasn't true is, you know, Burrow has nothing. Why is he picking up a football? Right. You know what I mean? Why, why is he, why is he picking up a football? That's, the, those who say the five minute thing is BS, I go back. Then why is Burrow throwing a football? Yeah, why? Yeah. Why was Diggs trying to hype his team? So you know, they were all trying to rally to to get their mind focused to play in five minutes. Yeah, like, so that's that's why I think the five minute thing was legit. Props to the medical staff um, for sure. Someone, what was it? I heard somebody talking, and they're like. You know, for 99.9% of the time, they're just the people on the sidelines that get run over and we laugh at them. But there's right. that 0.1% where they come out and they do something and you're just like amazed about what they do. And they saved his life, man. And, um, you know, kind yeah. of props to um, the Bengals fans, you know, not booing. Right. Understand the situation. Um, some real class fans too, I want to say. You know, like I saw some outpouring of love, like, just regardless of it was like, you know, to DeMar's GoFundMe or, you know, anything else that, I mean, things that I saw across the city, um, you know, I'm of course part of some Bills Mafia groups and stuff of this nature. And, you know, a lot of them joined the groups just to like, you know, give, you know, sympathies, whatever they could do for, you know, other fans that were, you know, having a hard time seeing what they saw and, you know, and trying to help comprehend and be there for each other and, help lift each other up. And then they, you know, they really started to point out the other things, right? Like T Higgins, like, you know, the man who was last to contact him going down together and trying to uplift him as well. So, you know, it's like nobody was leaving anybody out that was a part of that situation and recognizing everybody the whole way through and through. So I thought that was a very class act on, on every side. And I, and Bill's fans, donating to T Higgins charity, you know, like that's, that's something pretty remarkable. Um, Yeah. My fantasy league, what happened with I third place, third place. And I kind of had a little bit of rant on this at the beginning of the podcast. Um, Third place. I need a 10.6, something like that from Mixon. 10.4. And this is like, I'm in, I'm in a lot of leagues. I'm in like in six leagues, but this is like, This is like the I call it the big boy league. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The big boy league. The one that matters. You know that it's 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 a big boy buy-in. You know, Um, and these guys like are legit because the hardest league. All these guys are sharp ass fantasy football players, and it was kind of cool just because like. I like we decided you know, like the game had to be played before the Raiders game. If it wasn't, it wasn't that. I mean, yeah. that was me. I'm the commissioner of the league. Okay, so that was me. Like I was basically saying, "Hey guys, you know what? I'm probably going to lose. I'm fine with it." And then I sent a message out in the group chat. I was like, "Guys, how do you guys feel about just donating our whole pot to Hamlin's foundation, his charity?" Right, dude. It wasn't even like two minutes. Everyone replied yes. Right. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Like, and like, I'm, I shouldn't use the word cool, but um, you see the power of people 
when tragedy mm-hmm. happens and kind of like putting stuff aside. And I was, I was really proud of my guys in the league for doing that. Um, That's awesome. Well, my man, you know, hopefully we can get another four, four and a week push over that 30 win plateau, which would be huge. Oh, yeah. I'd like to thank you for coming on every single week. We start the playoffs. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, I'm not sure if we're going to change the way we're doing it. You know, maybe it's just give out our two best bet, our each two best yeah. bet, whatever. But we'll talk about that. David, why don't you tell everyone where you can they can find you on social media, my man? Yeah, and I uh, just want to say thank you for you know acknowledging the the Bills Cincy game here with me at the end too. That's that was pretty cool. I didn't didn't expect to to kind of go into some of that, but that's like I said, I, I admire you, admire your league. Um, you know, I really appreciate doing this together, and uh, you know, uh, just really glad to see Hamlin uh, in a in a good recovery state right now. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, looking forward. Been been a pleasure doing this all regular season. Looking forward to cashing tickets this weekend. Anybody that wants to talk more shop, find me Twitter, Instagram handles the same. Better DP twenty one. Better with an O R. Thank you, everybody. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. And uh, we'll talk next week, my friend. All right, buddy. Thank you. That's it for today's podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate the support. If you could please, please, please leave a comment, rate this podcast. It helps me out with what I'm trying to do. As always, the ETOF21 Sports Show is going to be back live this Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. My boy Sterling from Silver Star Sports is stopping by. Him and I are going to talk. NFL, we'll, we'll talk about the coaching carousel, talk about some quarterback rumors, and tell you the best to lock in. Make sure to set those reminders. And the podcast will be back next week. Thanks for tuning in, and let's make some money, boys and girls.